Hey, and welcome back to the continuation of our top five list. This time we're switching over to fantasy titles. Fan, 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 fantasy. What's your guys' secret fantasy? Like, um, like, uh, like, which part of the Velcro do I like more? Or like, like, um, what the hell are you I talking about? Like, do you like the prickly side of Velcro or the other side, Joel? I like the prickly side. Okay. I don't need this soft in my life. Oh, now I gotta bleep myself. Great. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Thanks well, you're welcome, Joel. Uh, what, Sarah, what, what about you? you? What, what side of the Velcro do you like better? The hooks. Okay. See, that's the pokey side. All right. All right. 87 to 96 fantasy movies. Uh, last time we did this, we actually did a combination of fantasy and horror, but we had so many to choose from this time. We just, we're probably going to do horror as a separate list. Eventually. Oh, but uh, I, no, no, don't worry about it. You have horror on your list? No, I told you. I uh, it was separated. On IMDb, it's uh, it's a, it's it's uh, as a fantasy. No, okay, we need to talk about this. We need to talk. Aaron has a problem. <laughs> he cannot see a movie as more than one genre. Mm. IMDb says it's a fantasy movie, Joel. It's like Star Wars. Star Wars is a science fiction movie. Well, oh also, no, it is fantasy it's elements. An adventure. I can see it's that. Fantasy. You know, it's got a you know that kind of. Technically, it's a war movie. Why not? If that's a genre at all, I don't know. Mm. Well, tonight it's pretty pivotal on what some may consider a horror movie. I, I consider also a fantasy. No, I mean, there's, that's the thing. That's the thing. You like they can they can exist in multiple genres. Otherwise, the podcast doesn't exist. Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's go in reverse order this time. Aaron, then me, and then Sarah. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Number five. My number five on my list, Joel, is a Terry Gilliam film, uh, Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Grandeur. <laughs> I'm back! Action. Bravery. last words not yet not yet is that famous romance awesome nice. i haven't seen it you've never seen no oh man oh you're in for a treat uh this movie's amazing it's uh without giving too much away it's a pretty epically amazing tale of it's kind of like no i don't know like like part of me i want to I want to divulge, but now I want to choose it as a choice for the podcast. Yeah, just give us a little bit. Just okay. Give, give us a taste. Okay. Ha- have you ever seen The Fall? Yes. Okay. I would say Baron Munchausen is actually a very similar film, oh, but instead cool. instead of being like a story being told to a child, like you're kind of getting the the life of Baron Munchausen is is very similar to the tale being told in uh in in The Fall. Now it's a little bit different, uh, like. Obviously, but I feel that the grandeur of, of it is very similar to to the uh, the tale being told. It's cool. visu- visually sumptuous. Oh, it's amazing! There's so many, there's so much great practical effects. Uh, it's it's definitely. I'm I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Yet. Well, you know, I uh, I tend not to watch movies unless they're for podcast purposes. So. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's just the rule, man. That's why I've only seen 150 whatever movies we've got. 
That's it. That's it. That's why my list only consists of movies we've seen for the podcast. Fair enough, Joel. That's not true. If I could add anything else to this uh, description for this movie, I would say that uh, uh, I just love how absurd it is. And uh, it makes me happy thinking about it. And that's why it's number five on my fantasy list. That's cool. Isn't Uma Thurman in it? She isn't in it, the movie. Her her appearance uh, replicates a very grand painting. Okay. It's really exciting. Cool. Yeah, I think I've seen part of it. I don't know if I've seen it in its entirety before. There's some really cool um, reenactment of paintings, uh, but in, like, you know, movie form. I'm sorry. My brain's no, melted. No, that's cool. Sorry, I, I was afraid that... <laughs> oh, you're good. No worries. Who who else is in it? Like, who are the male characters? Okay, yeah, um... Good question. Let's let's take a look here. Let's see. Is it Graham Chapman? Uh-huh. Maybe. Let's see. We got a... Uh, I, th- I believe uh, John Neville is the actor who plays Baron Munchausen. Okay. Uh, Eric Idle has a part in the film. Uma Thurman. Uh, oh, yeah. There's an amazing Robin Williams scene, which is pretty ridiculous. Um... I forgot. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You know who John Neville is? I don't really know him from anything else, but it says uh, in the Fifth Element. You know how uh, in the beginning of the movie, when that they see the planetoid, there's that one general that's like on the ship, and he's like, yeah. "Launch, launch the probe and stuff like that." That's him. Mm. Nice. That's cool. He he's amazing in this movie. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, the whole time I'm kind of thinking, where else have I seen him from? And uh, I can't really come up with anything. The X-Files. <gasps> He's one of the Illuminati, right? He's the well-manicured <laughs> ma- well man, I think is what it says he is. Oh, yeah. the well-manicured Illuminati. I don't even know what that means. I think he's the guy who just like, is he? he's not Deep Throat, right? No, he's not. Okay. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, he's probably just one of those smug white dudes that sits in the room being smug. Yeah. <laughs> he's another smoking man. Yep. Yeah. One of those guys. Yeah. I think you're right. All right? Yeah. All yeah. right. My number five is a movie we have covered for the podcast starring Bill Murray and uh, some other people, Andy McDowell and... Uh, uh, that one guy, Stephen Tobolowsky. Mm. It's Groundhog Day from 1993. I nice. might know what movie you're talking about. Do you have that on your list? Yes, okay. I do. Honorable mention. It's honorable for me. Yeah. So I'll just quickly say, like, this, this seems like it's pretty low on my top five list, especially for a movie that I have to watch. Like, I have to watch at least once a year. But there, this... Time period has such good fantasy choices that, like, I just had to put it on there, just just because I lo- I love it. But we'll talk about it later when it comes up on your list. Yeah, it's a great movie. I agree. Number five for me was Edward Scissorhands. Nice. In my honorable mention.
hiding back there. You don't have to hide from me. I'm as harmless as cherry pumpkin. Those are your hands. Those are your hands. I think you should just come home with me. Is it higher on your guys' list? Or? Uh, that one is one of my honorable mentions as well. Okay. Um, Edward Scissorhands. This was one of my favorite movies as a teenager. I think maybe, maybe I didn't see it until I was like 12 or 13. I don't know. But I really liked the, like, kind of weird setting that it was in. And I liked the magical, like, fantasy elements it seemed like just such a weird idea i think that i think that was why i liked it so much i was like this is a really weird idea (laughs) and i liked that johnny depp's character didn't really talk that much and was really like timid and i liked it's just crazy it's a crazy idea to have a character that has scissors for hands Uh, and i yeah over the years i know i've heard like some Tim Burton information and background about this idea and this story, but I can't remember it all right now. I just know that I really liked Winona Ryder in it, and I really liked I really liked Johnny Depp in it, and of course Vincent Price. And I like the idea that when the snow the snow is happening and she's an old lady and she's basically saying like, this is another, this, this alternative explanation for why snow could be happening. And yeah, I just think it's magical. And I even like some of the bad things that happen in the movie, even though they make you kind of uncomfortable like um when he ends up getting into the fight with the boyfriend or whoever he is yeah anyway i just think that it's a pretty awesome fantasy movie and i feel like there were so many good fantasy movies from this time period that i had like a ton that i wrote down but yeah this makes number 5 yeah i think uh Diane uh Weist you know, is the lady who finds him in the beginning. She's just, she's really good in it too. I love, I love the color contrast between his like dark gothic world and then ending up in suburbia and like the, you know, the the model houses all up the lane. Everybody leaving the house for work in the morning at the same time and like his his contrast and like <laughs> I, I guess that's <laughs> I don't know it's. It's kind of like the Munsters, like, oh, there's a kooky family hanging out in the, the real world. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that. But, <clears throat> yeah, the the weird, like, violence thing, like, with him, like, obviously, he's a man with, with huge blades and scissors on his hands, so <laughs> something is, is possibly going to go wrong. And it was like, when I, when I think of, like, the weird things happening in it, like, that part where Vincent Price, like, presents him with the, the hands that he's eventually going to give him, but... Like dies before he can. You see the scissors like going through them. Yeah, that was the most disturbing part for me oh, when I yeah. was younger. Yeah, it's really dark. 
It is dark and, and kind of gothy. That's another thing I was noticing about the fantasy from this grouping is that there's a whole lot of goth and there's a whole lot of it's a real like, goth. I don't know. It's just, I think that people were using their imagination to come up with some new ideas that seemed really cool. For sure. I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, the hairstyles in this movie. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. He's a good barber. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's good at the topiaries and then doggies. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of his uh, his bush sculptures too. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, that was fun. That part. <laughs> you tell me what to call it, Joel. No, no. You tell you're me. You're fine. You're fine. Don't worry. No, you I, tell me. <laughs> there was some. Oh, that thing. I think there was some trivia that I was interested in mentioning when I did the research. Hang on, just a second. Edward only says 169 words in the whole movie. Whoa. Um, yeah, this was what I thought. Um, Winona Ryder was going to play in Godfather Part 3, but Johnny Depp convinced her to drop out and do Edward Scissorhands instead. And um, he based the weird little um, suburban town on Burbank. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't knowing, think, I don't think of Burbank. Burbank. Yeah, the way that, that, I mean, that must be a specific area of Burbank. Yeah, it's like, that's like, it's like a Stepford environment, like a mm-hmm. cookie cutter, What what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a tract housing planned community that looks exactly the same everywhere. Yeah. It's just like the definition of suburbia. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, Aaron, number four. Oh. Well, um, yeah. Number four for me is uh, a little, little film from uh, 1987 called uh, Harry and the Hendersons. You gotta be kidding me. For ages, he has hidden in the forest. Eluded hunters, baffled scientists, and remained a mystery. Until the Hendersons bumped into him. What is it? It's a major discovery. We have to take it home. Really? You gotta be kidding. That's awesome! (laughs) I didn't see that coming. Really? No, No. me neither! (laughs) (laughs) I'm like surprised right now. Okay. But I'm um, excited. Well, the way that Joel's shaking his head right now, I, apparently I'm being judged. I'm not <laughs> judging you. I'm not, ju- I'm I not think judging it's you. Awesome, I'm but I want to talk about why. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, this I have to feel is my uh, my first experience with Bigfoot. Oh, nice. Was seeing this movie. I okay. thought you said you Bigfoot like spooned you one time when you were camping. <laughs> well, that was that was different, Joel. It's oh, okay. A, that's a different tale for another time. <laughs> there was no, there was no photographic proof of yeah. that. Yeah, not, not that Aaron's seen. Certainly, no photographs taken. Yeah, Harry and the Hendersons. I like this movie because it's just, it's insane. This whole movie is just insane, and it makes me happy. Like even right now, just thinking about it, I'm smiling. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my love for it isn't very deep. This is this is a pretty shallow pond, but uh, 
the reason why I love this movie is the the creature effects of of the Bigfoot of Harry is pretty fun. I like I like the idea of him trying to fit in an Oldsmobile uh, wagon, but like his head just forming a small, you know, small bump on the top of the car, and uh, yeah, and I think I just really like the the male lead just saying the name Harry John Lithgow John Lithgow yeah. AKA um, Monkey Boy from AKA Trinity No yeah. I'm just kidding Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lithgow's amazing in this movie and I honestly am probably going to have to watch it and like record every time he says Harry and just do a whole YouTube track of Yeah <laughs> <laughs> the different ways he can say that this is pretty we fun. We don't want you anymore. We don't want you anymore. Yeah. Uh, again, it's kind of a bit of a shallow pond here, but no. I love it. And it makes me happy right now just I think, thinking about it. I'm glad that it makes you happy. I think that's cool. It's not one of my tops, but... Yeah, it's not even on my list. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> my list yeah. is too good for that. No, oh! No, I, see, I knew I was going to be judged. No, I'm Snob. joking. I'm joking. It's all right. I just, I think that Harry and the Hendersons is weird, like because, like, I'm a weird dude, Joel. No, no, Come no, on, no. no, I'm not talking I'm about like Bigfoot. So I'm, not sue talking, me. I'm not talking about your choice of Harry and the Henderson. I'm talking about the the concept and the way that it like it grew into something because there was like a TV show. Okay, Harry and the Henderson's TV show, which is like, well, okay. I, I never seen the show, Joel. Oh, well, you, you were you were you aware there was a TV? No, show? this oh, is the okay. first time you mentioned it to me. Or, or the first time I'm, I'm, it's it's been made aware to me. Well, not only that, but like if you went to Universal Studios during mm-hmm. the time period, they like took you onto like one of the you know during the tour one of the sound stages, and there was somebody who was dressed as Harry from Harry. No, come out and be like, oh Harry, what you what are you, what are you doing? Here? They paid someone to dress up like John Lithgow. <laughs> no, not John. Oh, <laughs> why would they dress like John Lithgow? I'm I don't know. About the- Oh, but they dress up as a Bigfoot. Talking about the skunk ape. Yeah, the skunk ape. Yes, yes, Yes. and like I guess that's a probably just like a a solely Southern California thing. But I just it was it was a movie about a family who finds a Bigfoot. Yep, I love (laughs) it. Adopts him for a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. I'm about it, Joel. It works. I mean, I'm I'm about it. I'm all about this movie. I have the novelization over here somewhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just, I'm not, I'm not judging you. I was just like, I just didn't expect that to come out. Oh, sorry. No, no, no I think cool. that's great because we all have a different opinion about what we think we're the best. So, yeah, it's cool. No, we should watch it again. Uh, yeah. Watch it for the podcast. Cool. I'm that, down. That's your next pick. That's my. Harry, that's my number I four. I decided for you. Oh, thank you, Joel, for choosing for me. You're welcome. My number four. It's a Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. Animation. Japanimation? Uh, yes. You might call it Japanimation. <laughs> I have an uh, idea of what it is. Akira. It uh, stars two little girls and their father uh, who move into a house in the country. And as soon as they do, they start to encounter a whole bunch of little weird spirits. Well, not oh, not yeah. little. Little's the wrong word because there's one gigantic spirit that is irresistible. It's called My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, snap. (laughs) 
reality, but also at the same time fantasy. And, um, yeah, I love it. So thanks for showing it to me. Yeah, I, I like how it's also, it's this tale taught, you know, told from the perspective of these, these two children. And it kind of shows them like having to grow up in like, in a short term way, like they're not, we're not watching them like literally age, you know, over the years or anything like that. But I say the story probably takes place over like a, a month or two, like from them moving to this place and then getting used to living there and stuff like that. But like the, it, it almost feels conflictless. Like you, they create a conflict, but it's like the stress of their, them being children who, like their their mother is is quote unquote sick and they don't really go into what that means in the movie but um it like adds this level of stress and frustration that the the children have to go through and they they can't express in um a way other than what a child would be able to express it in and like they the magic the that they see all around them it's like never indicated whether or not the adults are aware of it, but they're also, the adults are never discouraging, which I, I find to be yeah just so lovely. Like the, the way the father communicates with his daughters. The, the father is awesome in this movie. He is so cool and nice and reassuring and playful with them. And I mean, some people may have issue with family bath time. But, um, I mean, it's a cultural thing. <laughs> when you have two little kids and you and uh, no mom is there, I don't know. It yeah. Well, you gotta anyway. do what you gotta do, you know. Yeah. Um I mean this is in Japan, it's a big family bath time, you know? Like in the bigger cities, like they they would have the bath houses. Public bath houses go, are right? part of their culture. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that he yeah, he's intelligent, but also playful with them. And he never... He, that's what I love about Miyazaki movies. He, they never come down on the girls. Like, they expect them to be something because they're female. I mean, they, the girls are shown to be strong, and they can overcome challenges. And sometimes they're on their own, yeah. you know, in his stories. And this, you do see a lot of time with it, just the two girls or just one or the other of them. And there isn't a parent around. And, you know, the world is really magical for them. And they're, they're able to, they're able to hold on to things that make them feel good to get through the rough stuff. And I think that's really awesome. If there was a separate list we could make of, um, like top five Miyazaki characters, Cat Bus is one of them for me. That creature is oh, just yeah. amazing. Uh, the con from from concept just all the way all the way down to just the complete aesthetic of what Cat Bus is. It just makes me so happy to think about someone sitting there and being like, "Yeah, this is what I'm making today." <laughs> it just makes me so happy. Yeah, so, and that that like that alone could be something that would be like like oh that's terrifying it's a giant bus but like in the movie it's like it's amazing it, it's, they're so friendly <laughs> there are things that happen in the movie that would be considered scary by western standards if kids hadn't ever seen anything like that like the way totoro yells sometimes or the way the cat bus is grinning 
it's like that's not something that we've seen as like a normal happy thing. It's always like creepy if somebody's smiling that big or I don't know, but I just really yeah, the whole thing is so good. I think I read a review of it once that said something like, you know, there's no three acts, there's no conflict, there's no this, but it's like the perfect movie. It just re- dissecting it, yeah. It really relies on that innocence of the children, though. Because yeah. I think if 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 it had been any other age group, like, I feel like, or, you know, if, they, if the kids maybe have been older or something, I, I feel that the story may have gone a different a different way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking too much into it. Oh, like but, like, they, maybe they would have been frightened of the creature. Yeah. More if frightened. Been more yeah. jaded. Or, yeah. Or something else. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I don't know. No, no. I think that's a good that's a good call. You want to do your number four? Oh, sure. Is it my turn? No, I was talking to Thomas. Sorry, I forgot that I was next. Um, my number four is actually a movie that I doubt you guys have on your lists: The Butcher's Wife. Demi Moore is Marina, a girl who dreamed she was about to meet the love of her life. But it was Leo Lemke who washed up on her beach and took her to a romantic island far, far away. Leo! Hey, Doc! Meet Marina! Um, I Actually... Not on my list. I don't know what that movie is. It is a movie where a woman meets this man that she's seen in her dreams. And they get married. And he's a butcher. And they come back to live in the city where he lives. She's a clairvoyant, basically. And she's like a magical... Yeah, there's like something like interest, like kind of quirky about her huh and uh it's demi moore who plays her in the movie and a bunch of things happen in it that would be considered kind of like i don't know witch like or something but i remember seeing this when i was younger and really enjoying it it kind of seemed interesting to me that they could put something in reality like in a city environment where you know people are getting some meat at the meat market but yet there's this character that's almost like a like a mystic or something i don't know but the the movie has jeff daniels in it and what happens is i mean not to spoil the movie maybe i shouldn't tell you guys exactly what happens maybe we should do it for the podcast sure Anyway, um, it's a, it's a, I don't remember every detail of it, but I remember what happens in it. And I think it's kind of just a little odd the way Groundhog Day or something is. They were using the idea of something just being a little bit different, um, but in the normal world. Yeah. And I liked it. I used to watch it with my aunt sometimes. And it was kind of about fate, too. It was kind of about fate and 
trying to understand your own feelings, but also your intuition. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, kind of like a prelude to a kiss or something. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I mean, that movie is different, but. Yeah, yeah that movie's disturbing. Hey, cutie. All right. Number three. Uh, number number three. Harry and the Hendersons part two. No, uh, uh, continuing on on a, to, uh, surprising my, my, my guest, my special guest hosts. That's me. That's right. Never heard, never seen, never met you guys before. Special co-host. Special, thank you. <laughs> uh, apparently English language is failing me. It's or I'm late. failing yeah. English. Uh, I've chosen the movie Toys. Nice. I don't know about you, but that last trailer. <laughs> I've seen it, you know, fast cutting, big music. What about a different kind of trailer? I'm Robin Williams, here on the world's largest soundstage at 20th Century Fox. That's right. This entire wheat field is in one building. I'm here tonight to talk to you about an incredible movie Toys. Toys trailer. Toys! There'll be a big letter. Toy starring Robin Williams. You got it, man. LL Cool J. Yes, sir. Please tell me all about this. This movie is just magical. Uh, this is a movie that pretty much everyone I think I've ever met has hated. And uh, I I actually never saw it as a kid. But I am a huge fan of this podcast called uh, Nerdy Show. And uh, one of the hosts for that, Cap, was a big fan of this film. And uh, this was the first time I ever heard anybody <laughs> say anything you know, good about it. And so I watched it. I loved it. I love this movie and unabashedly, like, I think this, it's, it's a great movie. Uh, and, uh, uh, all I'm saying is, uh, I'm going to sit at a table with a, with a meme, meme writing on it says like, prove, prove me wrong or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're very susceptible to suggestion, Aaron. I oh, is that, you, is that what's going I on? I don't think you should do that with the table. Oh, very well. I honestly have never heard anyone say that they like the movies. So, yeah. 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 Like, like I think uh, We Hate Movies covered it. I'm pretty yeah, they hated it. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's in the name. Um, How Did This Get Made has covered it. So. Oh, they hated it too? Yeah. So, um, I think it's just real fun. It's, it's, it's so, it's just so weird, guys. Like, yeah. I can't That's, even explain, like, the, properly. I think the guy who did Men in Black, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, same like the the visuals the visuals are just so uh, just amazing i i i just have never seen anything quite like it and uh i would hope that uh maybe we can watch it for our podcast sometime and may- maybe i could convince you to no no that would be great yeah i feel like that movie i don't i have seen it but i don't remember everything that happens in it i just feel like there's kind of a there's kind of like a through the looking glass feel about it. Yeah. Like you feel like you're you're in a different world. Like I don't know if it's supposed to be this world. I don't remember if they really ground you in reality, but it's like it's kind of like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, totally. Like 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 when you enter when you enter uh the, the toy factory, everything just kind of it becomes yeah like a, a different reality yeah an interactive but and, not yeah. for children maybe from what I understand there's some uh, adult situations oh my 
Yeah, I guess so. I guess it's not for kids. I mean, it's fine. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that as a, as a, uh, you know, as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Say Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, Charlie, when you think about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, there's some, there's some weird, like, I don't kind think, of adult I don't think, oriented I, I, stuff. I don't think kids are supposed to go in that factory. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting out of this. Oh no, they were, they were meant to die. Yeah. It's like a jigsaw, right? From, uh, <laughs> from those movies. Uh, with, with Saw? The Punisher. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Saw? Oh, different jigsaw. Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. So toys. Yeah, that's my number three. Mm. You know, I, I really like Joan Cusack in anything, so it automatically gets points for that. Okay, fair enough. Number three for me is a movie about a a young man who is thrust into destiny after a baby lands in the middle of his village. Oh, it's called Willow. Oh, guess 1988. what? 1988. Bingo. It's on your list. <laughs> of course it is. Uh-huh. Sarah, is it on your <laughs> list no no because you hate that movie i don't hate it you hate kevin pollock no mine it's uh <laughs> it's one more notch up on me but oh, uh, that's cool yeah 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 i mean willow like so many people so many people were like oh i watched willow it doesn't hold up and i'm like excuse oh, god, me oh, god i can't watch it i can't watch it I, like i want to keep my good memories and then we watched it for the podcast and i was like what the hell are they talking about? This movie's great. But we'll get to it when we when we come around to your thing. I just oh, I gotta say Willow, still a very good movie. And uh I kind of feel like watching it again right now. Uh yeah, I'm there. Number three. My number three is uh Batman. Oh that may be higher up in my mm-hmm. list. Okay, well, I will briefly say <laughs> that I think Michael Keaton is Batman, and um, IRL. He said, "You know, I'm Batman, and I believed it." Um, yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, Sarah. Um, we guessed it on a podcast called the Batman eighty uh, nine. Batman, yeah, Batman eighty nine. Yeah. Yep. Minute by minute. And um, those guys were really fun to talk to. Oh, and yeah. and we kind of just gushed about how much we loved the 89 Batman on that. And, yeah, there's some... Not to get too into it, but basically, I think that the actor, the cast was awesome. And I will never not be afraid that I'm going to get gunned down in an alley. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. That's just in general. Uh, I try really hard not to wear any pearl necklace when I walk up an alleyway. <laughs> that's for sure. tempting fate. I, yeah. I wondered why you stopped wearing that pearl necklace. Well, I just <laughs> I just needed to, Joel. Mm. Michael Keaton is awesome. And I'll I'll leave it for the rest later. I, I have <laughs> some information that I learned recently that I can't wait to talk about. Wait, are you is it the thing that I told you? Uh yes. What are you talking about? The, the line that he said the wrong thing. Oh, uh, go ahead. Is that what you're talking about? I was talking. No, never mind. Okay, I'll let you reveal that because I think it is the thing you were talking about. Uh, because we're going to talk about this movie a little bit more in a few minutes. I just wanted to say, me and my dad made the Batmobile model kit. Whoa! From this movie. That's awesome. When I was a kid. Mm-hmm. 
I'll say this. It was a good moment. Oh, no, we're going to come back to it. Oh, okay. Okay, Aaron number two. My number two is Willow. Whoa. Willow. I didn't see that one coming. From the creator of Star Wars. From the director of Cocoon. A world is awakening. Why, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? It's a dangerous world. That's why we need your help. Your journey has just begun. Willow. Mad Mottigan. Daikini Baby. So what do you like, Willow, Aaron? I freaking love this movie, Joel. It's quotable. It's it's just a beautiful look into a fantasy world that uh why I like it so much is I feel like I wanna I wanna go there, hang out with some little folk and just have a good time. Maybe learn some magic from a goat. Save the save the realm. Uh fight some pretty weird looking scary uh phallic monsters. <laughs> See, the, the, the things you're getting into here, those yeah. are the reasons why I don't want to go to that world. <laughs> it seems pretty rough. Like, yeah, the, the village is idyllic until, like, you know, those crazy evil wolfhounds oh, yeah. come in and start ripping ripping little people apart. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they go on a long journey, but they have to go on a long journey away from their family to get, you know, this mission. But that's that they're just but that's like every quest. You got to go. You got to go away for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But this is like an unusually violent world. Like, mm. Matt Mardigan, like, being left to die in this cage and people just riding by. And, like, mm. yeah. And then, like, the whatever those, like, that troll burst out into the two-headed, you know, dick monster. <laughs> Yeah. If you look at the concept art, it's it's literally just yeah. I think that this movie is one of the most like based in what I think fantasy worlds is. Like for me, if I think fantasy, I think castle. I think uh magic users. I think maybe creatures that don't exist like dragons or you know some kind of yeah just different different uh clans of people and stuff and so i guess i think i like willow because it is an entertaining story and it definitely encapsulates a lot of what the idea of fantasy was and it was like its own thing at the time it came out, it was totally... I mean, you know something like that was inspired by, like, Tolkien and stuff. But yeah. at the same time, it was its own story. And it wasn't, like, ripping it off in any way. So, yeah. As a kid, I didn't like it so much because I didn't like all the scary, gross parts. But as an adult, I still don't like some of the gross parts. But I <laughs> definitely have more of an appreciation for it now. I think like one of the reasons why it's it's so fascinating is because the like more than Lord of the Rings, more than freaking Game of Thrones or any of the other fantasy movies that take place in the same kind of like world, this one has this like feeling where it's like magic is hard. Yeah. Like you can't you can't just be a wizard nope. like you, if you're doing spells 
it's like every it's like you know, what I imagine uh, in the comic books, like using the Green Lantern ring is supposed oh, to yeah. be really like, like oh, it's it's painful every time. It like, takes but, great will, know, yeah, and it, like it's gross and like people die and it it's it, like painful looking and you just have to watch just the the scene where where evil queen uh lady turns everybody into pigs yes you, your skin crawls that was the most frightening moment in that movie for me as a yeah, kid it's like that's Absolutely. what it would be like it's not like poof all of a sudden they're pigs it's like no she's she's evil and this is evil magic making them feel every excruciating moment it's crazy like and that's just one of the things that like uh ron howard and and george lucas like obviously must have you know whoever else worked on it must have thought through like i don't want this just to be a basic like oh we're gonna click our heels together disney story like no these guys <laughs> they they're going on a rough adventure and by the time everything's done it's the accomplishment is going to be like yeah we yeah. did this like we've got the scars literal scars from having gone through this thing totally totally hey Joel, yeah you want to breed tempting but no why is aaron always asking me to breed sarah because you're dressing in drag <laughs> this, is, this is my cousin hilda Ooh, hilda Ooh. I, I love willow i'm really glad we made this list so i could talk we could, yeah this is great all right, you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, man. Just watch, just listener, watch Willow. You can listen to our podcast, but you should just watch it. All right, my uh, number two. We're on number two, right? Uh, this is number two. Number yeah. two is Batman, 1989. Oh! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Yeah. So we can we can talk about this. Uh, what I what I want to say is, it, it was a huge phenomenon. Like if you lived in that time period, eighty nine, like you could not go anywhere. And once once again, a Southern California thing because we live next to Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia. Like Batman was just all over the place there. Like the speaking of the Batmobile, they had like a Batmobile, you know, almost a life size model of the Batmobile. This movie is the reason why I collected comics. Mm, oh man, really? No, yeah, no this idea. is the reason. That's awesome. I'm a little ashamed it didn't make my list. <laughs> oh, it's, <laughs> it's okay. okay. It's okay. There's so I many. I, it was hard to. As yeah. as as Joel's explaining, I have problems with genre. Apparently, it's like this is an action superhero. Movie. I'm genre blind, I guess. It's okay. A lot of people suffer from that. And is there a pill I can I take? I want you to know that there is a place for people like you. Thank you, Joel. What's it called? It's called Letterboxed. Oh yeah, it, um, please fund us, Letterboxed. Letterboxed.com. We we talk about movies. Side effects. You're a website. Looking at your phone for too long. Not going to sleep because you're looking at your phone, <laughs> reading about movies you haven't seen, and therefore spoiling them for yourself. Looking at your phone, I already said that. Thank That's you, it. Letterbox, for the amateur cen cen cenophile that I am. So, I appreciate your your use. Batman, 
Well, I was going to say that the other day when we were getting ready to talk about fantasy movies, I was reading some trivia about uh, Michael Keaton, and this is on my honorable mention list. I don't know if it'll be on anybody else's, but Beetlejuice, Tim Burton, and Michael Keaton were amazing in for doing Beetlejuice and Batman. Heck yeah. And what I read, which blew my mind, was that... Michael Keaton ad-libbed all of his lines in Beetlejuice. He basically created, like, what that character was from just, like, showing up, being, like, totally, like, in character for this thing, and then just whatever he said. Like, it just kind of went that way. Awesome. And I think that the actors were more surprised by, the, you know, his co-stars were more... Anyway. Beetlejuice is awesome as well. It's on my honorable mention. Was there a lot of reshoots then for that? Or like like a lot of takes per scene I could assume? I don't know. I don't even know. I guess it depends. I'll have to do some research. Yeah. Well, I just assume that he, if he's coming up, if, if he's ab-libbing, you know, you gotta give them, them, them other actors gotta... I Got to act real was quick. seriously <laughs> amazed by that, and yeah, we talked about it a little bit. Were you the, were was that the same thing where you, you saw that he did he was supposed to say "I am the night"? Yeah, and that, that part where in the very beginning when he's saying that guy is like, "Who are you?" He was supposed to say, "I am the night." Instead, he said, "I'm Batman," and that became like the phrase known. Yeah, like from this movie. But that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I'm not trying to hog your time. Oh, you're not hogging. <laughs> I think it's this is one of your picks. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. it's it, it's like I don't I don't even know if Batman 89 is the best Batman movie. It is my personal favorite of all the Batmans. I yeah, I see what you're saying. And like I, I, I think it's I the throw best. no shade to any of the Chris Nolan stuff. I throw no shade to even the Ben Affleck stuff. You know, I know a lot of people are, are just hate on that immediately, and of course there are a lot of fanboys who are like, "Oh, you is the best." I don't care, Marvel zombie drop dead. But like for me, Michael Keaton, you know, is he, he's he's not. <laughs> I don't think he's a handsome-looking guy in those movies. No, but he makes it work so well. He, works. he, he makes it work. matter. He—it's like he put it on like a glove. Yeah, it's like he—he he just was like, "No, I'm this now." Yeah, and you believe him. Yeah, and there's like a chemistry between him and uh, uh, Kim Basinger that is like it—it's it, crazy coming out of the thing. And not not to mention Jack. We haven't even talked about Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Culturally, at the time when this movie was coming out, when I talked to older folks, you know, well, obviously I was just mm-hmm. I was but a baby right, when, right. when this movie came out. But <laughs> you know, I talked to older folks. Like, yeah, the, this guy was just a comedian. Yeah, there was like a Mr. such Ball. low to no expectation that this movie was going to be like anything. Any I, re- I remember at the I, time, and that's why people were so like, freaking blown away. Yeah, yeah. my older brother—they had no idea like, that, that that his his range could yeah. hit this. That's crazy. And if you think about that it, doesn't make any sense. If you think about it, like the Batman that was in everyone's head at the time, 
was Adam West. Yeah, yeah. totally. So this is the first time we're getting like some some you know more to the comic Batman, yeah. as opposed to our our swinging sixties. You know, like uh, you know, uh, sharks uh, repellent. You know, fella. So, and it was Adam West who. And no, no, no shade towards Adam West. No, I'm. I'm just saying. I think it's completely different. Yes. From that, it's not like he was just trying to replicate some other performance. Exactly. This performance is like what I think of when I think of Batman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, for reals. Uh, Jack Nicholson. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. wait till they get a load of me. Mm. The everything. I mean, the, this has a, like quotable lines and memorable scenes like almost throughout. And the colors and the Prince music. and Oh, yeah. It was like you cannot ignore what's happening here. Mm. It was just so alive oh, with yeah. new stuff that you hadn't seen or heard of. Yeah, it definitely rocked the 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 entire world to this day. I don't I don't think the superhero movie would be what it is without without this this particular film. Yeah. I really when you when I watch it again now, I notice all these little details that I know I never would have seen as a kid. Like the, when, like, she opens the box and the hand pops out with the flowers. And, like, about his girlfriend, the, like, girlfriend he had before. And he's like, oh, she had an accident. That was something I think Joel and I were talking about when we guessed it on, or maybe it was, yeah, I don't remember where we were talking about it, but we were basically saying, no shade at all to Heath Ledger because he's he was amazing and I oh, yeah. really miss him. Um, but we were saying that we actually thought that Jack Nicholson's Joker was scarier to us. Oh yeah, no, no, no. because uh, he seemed capable of anything exactly, and without you know without trying to terrorize you necessarily, he definitely was. He'd get in your face, but it was like. It was like a sociopath. Like, he honestly didn't see repercussions for anything. And, yeah, and we were saying we found that scarier, that you really didn't know what he was going to do. I feel I feel you definitely could could get a feel from Heath Ledger's Joker that, that he wasn't a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, I totally agree with you on, on the unknown aspect of, of Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like, hey, maybe he won't hurt you. Like, you know, that's a possibility, you know. Maybe, uh, yeah, you're just, n- there's no calling what he's going to do next. Right. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I feel like he owned that character, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, there. I think it's funny the way they did the makeup and stuff on him. And um, I think this was, I got into a debate with Joel about this movie, too, mm. about whether or not. It was sci-fi or fantasy because of the Joker falling into the chemicals or whatever. The and oh right, right. And right. I was like, so like, is that a science fiction element or is that a fantasy? And when you think about Batman, like he isn't one of the superheroes that has this like 
you know, special. He's not. He doesn't have a power. Yeah. Besides just like having a bunch of stuff. Incredible and athletic ability. Being able to. Yeah. Yeah. Joel, weren't we talking about how Joker's scare Joker was scarier for us as Jack Nicholson? I think we had a conversation about that. Yeah, that was on the 89 minute. Yeah. Cuz he really does seem capable of like anything. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying that uh uh Heath Ledger is crazy. And, in that movie. and great, but yeah. it's a very calculated crazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you could see him, yeah, doing bad things. I felt Jack Nicholson's character. Yeah, you, you're not entirely sure what he's going to do next. You know, yeah, it's it's not. Yeah, like he's crazy to the point of self sabotage. Yeah, you know, doing, doing things where it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. If he wants to be the, you know, the top of the whatever, he just killed this person he needs <laughs> or something like that. Like, love that Joker. It's so good. So good. Tim Burton was just the right director for it. Like, there's so many elements, like Prince soundtrack and all that stuff like that. That that whole museum scene. He's using Brand X. Is like one of my favorite scenes in all of cinema. I know. I really love that, too. It's kind of nuts. Yes. And I I think that... uh, Jack Nicholson owned it, you know. So did Michael Keaton. They were just really they they showed up and they did the they did it, you know. Like everybody was impressed by their ability to portray Batman and the Joker. You got William Hookins in it for a brief second. Says, uh, "Oh yeah, they they <laughs> whatever that guy's name is, he gets shot in the beginning." Yeah, the uh, detective. Yeah. Think about the future, Bland. Think about it. Awesome. You're my number one and guy. And Gotham. And oh, Gotham. Yeah. Oh, Jack Palance. Yeah, Palance. Yeah. Gotham and his his house and Batcave, like... I just feel like this, like, basically was, like, the blueprint. They, like, created a visual way in a movie for people to get an idea of what Batman was. <laughs> and, you know, the, it's like, I don't know anything much about the comics. All I know is that I feel totally comfortable with this uh, character of Bruce Wayne and the whole thing. And I, I think it still holds up. Despite what my nephew said, <laughs> well, I- <laughs> w- without this movie, or, or no, no, let me let me rephrase that. This movie is what helped, you know, build the animated series as well. Yeah, basically, yeah. without yeah, I, I think it was the architecture say, without this movie, yeah, the, the who knows what the animated series would have looked exactly. Like. like it gave it that whole gothic, like Batman. Batman is a a noir hero. Yep, type yeah, thing going on, you know? and he. he conquers things through fear and you know as opposed to like martial arts or yeah or whatever you know his money his millions of dollars exactly so uh that was a podcast about batman 1989 i think we've uh we're, we we're haven't finished. even picked this as a movie <laughs> to do yet we don't have to anymore there was there's a, <laughs> a good amount of money we got we got an hour content, right there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's let's move on <laughs> we're, we'll cover it obviously we love it uh, what's your number two? My number two is Groundhog Day. 
long time. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. Weatherman Phil Connors is spending the day in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Phil? Ned! Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing! But Phil's about to find out. He's not just stuck in Puxatawney. Will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. He's stuck. Nice. What's that movie about? I picked it for the podcast previously. Do either of you guys have it higher or the same? Or I got number five. Honorable mention for me. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on about Groundhog Day. I feel like there is something just perfect about it. And I love the like sarcastic like humor and the way his character goes from being like basically a selfish person to trying to figure out how to make the most of his time and, uh, you know, reflecting on who he is and why people don't react the way he wants them to. I mean, obviously it's a comedy and a lot of mishaps happen before he gets there, but he eventually comes to the conclusion that he wants to try and do as much good as he can in this one day. If this is the only day he's going to be able to exist in for the rest of time. And, uh, I just really love it. I love his character. I love Andy McDowell in it. I think that she, as a leading lady in this is like really amazing. Because she, her character is, she's cautious, but she's definitely, like, an open-hearted, open-minded person who's kind and, like, and willing to give people the benefit of the doubt, but still, like, yeah. Anyway, I think her character's awesome in it, and, of course, you know, all the other actors that we've mentioned before that were in it, that were so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like this movie too, Sarah. I really like, it's just so fun. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I feel bad, like I'm not being descriptive enough, but like, like the, the idea that, you know, he gets all these different chances to try, try out different scenarios is just such a, such an awesome mechanic for a, for a, for a script from the movie. I really enjoy that. Yeah. I never get tired of movies that also copy that or clone that that same idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like it's it's just like uh, one of the most perfect movies in my opinion. It was one of the first VHS tapes that I went to another town when I could with my own allowance money and bought myself nice. because I wanted a copy of it. And like I just think that I mean, I always, I always really like things that have meaning too. But I mean, we all have fun watching like a crazy action movie here and there. But I mean, part of what I enjoy is when art can have like another meaning too. And I think that this was probably one of my first discoveries when I was young that a movie that I felt like I understood a deeper meaning in it as well. 
Yeah, this movie's got action sequences. I mean, the whole uh, <laughs> that whole truck chase. Thing and oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if this might be a crazy situation in a second. Are we on number one? Uh, yes, we are. Okay, Aaron, is it your turn first? Aaron, what's your number one? Uh, breaking, breaking all the rules. Breaking bad. Uh, c- coming at you from 1992. I saw this movie in my friend Jeff's garage, Army of Darkness. In an age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. And a time of evil. When the world needed a hero. The swallow us all. And about to die. What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. He's a 20th century guy. Oh. So we're not obviously going to all pick the same number. I thought we might. Army of Darkness is on my honorable mentions, though. I freaking love this movie because it changed my life. Really? This movie changed my life. Tell me how it changed your life. I just, I don't just say it just did. Tell me. Well, well, hold on now, okay. I'd never seen any of the Evil Dead movies. This was the first mov- of movie of of the uh, the genre that I saw. The way this movie structured from the very beginning is just just insane. Uh, I like I, the you know it's from the very beginning. You know, my name is Ash and I am a slave. Like to <laughs> <laughs> to the very ending. I just I loved how obnoxious the character was. The creature effects in this movie. The the cinematography Sam Raimi's cinematography, Bruce uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, amazing acting. I, I I never get tired of the undead skeletons in this movie. It's just perfect. It almost seems like a genre that I didn't know existed until I started hearing about that. Like it was like it was like horror, sci like sci fi fantasy comedy. That was like really over the top. Yeah, I mean it's it's like a it's it's a horror comedy with the emphasis on like creature effects. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, of of uh, Ash's like <laughs> like like obviously he's been chosen to be the hero, but he doesn't he doesn't want to be the hero, but he's gonna do it anyway. <laughs> he's like I I may have been. I'm just not describing it very well. No, my no, brain, my brain's melted. Yeah. But. I mean, Ash like is fighting to live. Like, yeah. Like, like that's that's his thing. He, d- I don't think he wants to be the hero, no. but he doesn't want to die, and he doesn't want like he does want to save people. Yeah. So when he gets thrust into these things, like he's not accident proof. Obviously, you know? <laughs> like he starts off missing his hand in the in Army of Darkness. Yeah. So. so and but he's and he's vulgar and sexist and oh yeah the, these kind of like nineteen eighties action hero trope kind of things yeah and Bruce Camp but you know off of Bruce Campbell you know it's like water off a duck's back you know it's yeah. just like it doesn't matter like Bruce Campbell serenade me I, I love fe- you yeah I feel like he <laughs> he did things that it almost felt like nobody else could get away with doing like the way he acts and the character it's like. He, yeah, it was no sweat. Like, yeah. it, that's how it makes it, it makes it seem. And I feel like, um, 
there's I, a, oh sorry oh go ahead no 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 no, no. i uh, can't remember anything oh i was just gonna say i also just really love the almost three stooges effect like most of this movie has oh those fake sh- those fake shimps you know they they love the three stooges i just so. i'm about, i'm about it yeah and i i i the idea the idea that that this that the this very concept could be a movie like just blew me away yeah yeah it's super i mean that's is superly super creative yep like i say it's like phantasm level of, of creativity oh, yeah. and and uh interesting like, like the difference between this and and phantasm is like you don't really i i wouldn't say reggie bannister is like <laughs> anywhere near the 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 charming yeah. <laughs> nature of uh bruce campbell but yeah they they have that like fascinatingly like gory uh otherworldly thing going on like there there's a mythology that isn't um it isn't spelled out completely and it doesn't need to be you know it's we we get the kicks we need out of it yeah i i didn't really watch that much of uh, ash versus evil dead did you watch uh one? i've seen the first two seasons i haven't started the third season yet uh i was very disappointed to hear that it was canceled though uh i'm surprised it lasted more than one season I, don't know. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I was hopeful. I know it's amazing, like, but like, it's just such a like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a niche. Horror it's niche thing. Like, who's watching it? I guess everyone <laughs> that loves this. Stuff. Well, I mean, not not to be a jerk, but I think uh, I, I wish someone else other than Stars had been had picked it up. Oh sure, yeah. No, I, I think understand. I think that might have been the the uh, the killing blow <laughs> even before it begun. So. I mean, Stars has Outlander, Aaron. I thought th- I thought that was HBO. No, that's Stars. Oh, Outlander's still going. That's right. That's what uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead didn't have enough sexy Scotman. Well, uh, some some details, uh, real quick behind Ash vs. Evil Dead. They didn't have the rights to Army of Darkness when they had developed the first season of it. Uh, so what? Most, yeah. Yeah, the rights were all split up. Uh, anyways, uh, but once uh, somewhere around the end of season one, and when they had begun filming season two, they did have the rights to uh, Army of Darkness. So then they started making references to it. Mm. So it, it was a bit of a weak start, uh, in my opinion. Right. It was a bit of a weak start because they couldn't just immediately piggyback off of uh, off of the. Uh, the last movies. That's that's like almost the same problem that happened with with Hannibal. They didn't have the rights to silence. Really? Yeah. So they, they couldn't do any basically any reference. They they kind of like worked around it by doing uh-huh. a, a version of the story. But mm-hmm. Like you know, no Clary Starling, Ooh. no Buffalo Bill. Yikes! That's difficult. And, I mean, yeah. Who knows where it would have ended up in season four? But I mean, that's one of my favorite shows. So I don't know. As soon as I finish season three, I'll let you guys know what I thought. But, but right. uh, the first two seasons, pretty darn fun. I, I like, that's my top pick. <laughs> I like how Bruce Campbell said he's done with the character, but I think he's about to do some like a voiceover thing for a video game or something like that. So I mean, it's a grand gesture, but yeah, of course he's not going to say no to a paycheck, right? Absolutely. All right, Sarah. Number one. You want to do number one at the same time? Okay. Okay, counting down one, to three, two, two three. one. Princess, Princess Bride. Bride. Oh! <coughs> I brought you a special present. What is it? 
special book? This is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. I'll try and stay awake. Wesley had no money for marriage, so he packed his few belongings and left the farm to seek his fortune across the sea. Honorable mention for me. How did that happen? Mm, Because it's an amazing fantasy movie. Amazing fantasy number 15. This is probably (laughs) one of my favorite fantasy movies, period, ever, if not my absolute favorite. It's one of my favorite movies, period. Yeah. I love this movie so much. (sighs) Okay, um... First things first. It starts in reality. There's a kid <laughs> who's homesick from school. Your boyfriend. Played by Fred Savage, who I had a huge crush on at the time. Okay. I waved now, him at Comic-Con once. You did? Yeah. Nice. He waved back. He waved back. Nice. I was a super Wonder Years fan, whatever. Um, I liked it, too. But um, also... In the room with Fred Savage, one of my other favorite people in the world, Peter Falk, who is Columbo, and I am obsessed with Columbo. And so they start off with this story that he's going to read to his grandson. And then you get into this fantasy story, which is just so silly and funny and over the top and i don't even know like i mean this this sense of humor throughout it, the like, writing the 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 whole thing is just it's so witty and it like freaking um mandy patinkin and yes and andre mandy patinkin Andre was, the Giant. I don't know what his last name is. <laughs> I feel bad. Andre the Giant. But, like, them delivering their, their freaking lines that they that just, like, Wallace Shawn. Pith- pithy dialogue. Yeah, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. And then, Carrie Ellis. Chris Sarandon as the yeah. Humper Dink. Ah. Robin Wright. And it's not like fantasy with a capital F. Like, you can almost see it fantasy. as like a, <laughs> a, like, if you took out the the <laughs> couple magic references, it could just be like an adventure story from the time. But there is something about the the light touch of the the magical, you know. Uh, it, what is Billy Crystal's character? Isn't it literally magic? Whatever his name is. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Yeah, I can't remember. And either. then you know, like giants and the the machine uh, that right. What, what is the name of that guy? Who directs movies? Who plays the six fingered man? Oh yeah, it's a uh, what's his face? It's a uh, Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, so ma- like so amazing. Like you could pick out so many performances from this. The Robin, Robin Wright, the makeup, yeah, so good. Robin Wright, like I want to watch it right now. I could yeah. watch it like at least once a week, if not more often than that, and just be just never get enough. I've seen it so many times, and I feel like I I would never get played out on that movie. Uh, I agree. Princess Bride is definitely a movie that I'll never get tired of. And, yeah, costume choices, awesome. 
uh, some of the scenic and backgrounds, like, awesome. And, uh, I love that they break, they kind of break the fourth wall within the storyline a few times, and I love that. I love that it's like, this is a fantasy story. You're immersed in this place with these characters, and then they look like come up out of that level into reality again with their own like, which is kind of funny because it's kind of like somebody hitting like pause and being like, I don't know if I agree with what's happening here. It's like their own commentary yeah. on it, like, and that makes it funny too. Um, totally adds another layer to the movie. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody has seen this movie, but <sighs> Carrie Ellis and uh, Robin Wright were just amazing the chemistry and the and the romance that is portrayed you like believe it and i i read that um that he was like obsessed with her like at first sight like he was just like that was the only thing that held his attention after he met her so i don't know if they were involved with each other i know she was married to sean penn and stuff but um anyway uh yeah, I guess that that translated that they were like they hit it off somehow and that is definitely communicated like in the movie and kind of a different like I mean, I don't even know how to explain this, but it's almost like it was a way to understand love like for me as a kid, you like see this different this different representation of like what a couple or like a guy and a girl like what their interactions can be like like it starts off with him being like this servant and then he ends up being this like notorious like pirate or whatever and just the way they talk to each other it's so well written i think it's a really well written movie and the music, I like the music, too. I feel like the theme that, like, carries through the whole movie is really, like, its own unique thing theme that I remember. It stands out to me. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. I don't have, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, it's another one we haven't done on the podcast yet. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk honorable mentions? Sure. Uh, before we get into that, I do want to mention my number six, because it... At the very last, when I was making the, the my list, at the very last moment, it got knocked off. My my original number five was big from 1988. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I have it on honorable mentions yeah. too. I mean, that's that's a movie I've seen so many times. Yeah, it's like all about the charm of Tom Hanks playing a man with a kid or a man with a kid trapped in him. <laughs> is, that, is that some sort of like total recall thing? Or, or like, you know, he it's opens like, up, he opens up his shirt and there's like a kid sticking out of his stomach or something. <laughs> it's like Krang. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like Suspiria. So not, not, not total recall, but turn TMNT. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a kid trapped in an adult's body going through his experiences and, and it's, I, that's such a good movie. You know, anyways, uh, Aaron, give me your, what do you have on your honorable mentions? Well, uh, let me, uh, let me play this ground, uh, this, uh, floor mat piano here as I, uh, 
I <laughs> talk about it with honorable mentions. Freaking heart and souls, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, in the who framed Roger Rabbit? Oh yeah, that's on my honorable. Uh, Ghostbusters two. Nice. Not even close. It's all right. Oh, look, I know I get a lot of shit for that, but I do like that movie. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Fern Gully. Nice. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You don't. I mean, come on, Joel. Were you on that episode? Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> I know Joel hates me now. No, it was really. It was nice. Ever. I don't. First of all, it was really great being on this podcast, guys. No, no. <laughs> Don't mind him. I'm sure my replacement, it might be Jose or whoever they can find. (laughs) I'm Batty. Don't worry. You're good. It was nice. Hey, um, thank you, listener Scott, for being awesome and writing in all the time. I'll miss you. I'll miss you the most. Aaron, what do you have on your list? Oh, oh, I can continue? Don't do an exit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Next up, I have Excalibur. Oh, I didn't put that on there. Yeah, that's great. It's a freaking amazing movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not... Okay. Uh, honest moment for you guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was on uh, some costuming auction sites recently. <laughs> really? <laughs> Fantasizing about buying sets of armor from this movie. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. That's not where I saw that going. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't go. Oh, my gosh. All of the armor in this Excalibur movie is just so epic. Oh, uh, what about Merlin's little little cap on his head? What are you talking about? He's wearing like a. I'm wearing it right now. I'm joking. He's wearing like a metal yarmulke. Yeah, yeah, but he's a wizard. I don't know. He's a man. He's a dork. Dorkus. Uh, did I mention the crow? That's on my list. That's on my honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, obviously, my neighbor we Totoro. We need to watch the crow for the podcast. Yeah, I. <laughs> I, I feel like Joel is just gonna like throttle me here. In hey, a let him speak. <laughs> no, a lot of people like the crow. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I think. Uh, yeah, that's all I got right now. Oh, that's good. I didn't. I wish I had more time to delve deeper into the fantasy films of you, this era. You have the rest because. Of your life. Because, you know, a lot of this, I feel a lot of movies from the Princess Bride, obviously, as well. Uh, thanks, guys. All right, get ready to make fun of my stuff. It's Ow. okay. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Scrooged is one that I wrote down. Nice. I like that one. Yeah, it's great. Like, Bill Murray, fun times. And that's that's kind of a gross movie, too. But, I, like, I just like that version of the uh, the. Um, I figured if I, story. I figured if I was ever going to go out, Joel, I'd be frozen in the gutter, too. Absolutely, yeah. You definitely would. <laughs> Thank you. Or a fairy would kick you. Fairy kick me right in the nards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Okay. Beetlejuice. On the yeah. Yep. It's an amazing movie. We covered it. Edward Scissorhands. Uh, an Akira Kurosawa movie, Dreams from 1990. It's like a music uh, video, right? Oh no! I mean, I mean there are parts that the are that seem like a, yeah. a music video. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of something else. No, it's it's a bunch of vignettes that are all based on dreams that he uh, had and made these like short films about. Cool. And there's it, like there's some that are you know fun, but there's a lot of like really heavy ones. Like he has a lot of had a lot of stress about like you know uh, 
obviously they dropped nuclear bombs on Japan and yeah. Soviet related stress to that stuff. And it's his last movie, and it's just a gorgeous, colorful, and, and very interesting movie. Not not my favorite Kurosawa. Uh, probably not even in the top ten, but it is it is a very good movie. Uh, Adam's Family? On my list. I mean, talk about cultural phenomenons. Yeah, man. Talk about a goth moment. Yeah. <laughs> that movie's amazing. It's still amazing. Like, it's still a really I, good movie. I remember seeing that in the theater, guys, and just being blown away. Yeah. And then I remember the MC Hammer music video and being blown away again. <laughs> oh, man. Can't get away from it. Yeah, I dressed up as Wednesday, and I had a lot of people tell me I looked like Christina Ricci when I was younger. Yeah. I could I see that. See it. That's why I started dating Sarah. <laughs> uh, two Disney uh, animated, I got Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Nice. It's just, you know, a staple when growing up. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. No. <laughs> I saw that freaking movie in that, the theater. That's an, Aaron, that's an Aaron movie. I was surprised it wasn't an Aaron movie. Is that oh is that gosh. what I'm defined by now? Yep, exactly. I mean, that's that, that. This was a movie that like was on HBO like over and over. Oh, uh, fair I enough. Help but see it. And so I, I just really dig that they were going from world to world and this this terrible TV thing, and it's really stupid, but <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey, all I got to say is I wish I could spin a uh, TV remote in my hand oh, just as well as uh, the devil can in this, right? Mm-hmm. I saw this in the theater, and I was really scared. Because I had no idea what was going to happen in it. And there were some things that seemed, quite frankly, scary for the characters in it. I mean, they're, yeah, they're like essentially trapped in hell. Like, yeah. Things are yeah. To kill them all the time. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I like, you know, I love uh, uh, John Ritter, so. Me too. Mm-hmm. What can I say? Uh, Batman Returns, 92. Not as good as the 89 one, but I still love Batman Returns. Yep. Huge crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. Right over here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Catwoman. Catwoman, I thought was amazing. Christopher Walken for me. Mm. Max Shrek. Yeah. Yeah, sexy hair. Mm -hmm. Danny DeVito guy. Mm. (laughs) He was like onesie. That was like the grossest (laughs) Danny DeVito thing ever. Could be worse. (laughs) My nose could be gushing blood. No, okay. It was uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, that's it. So I had a whole bunch of them. I don't. I don't really need to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Mm. Henry Selleck, awesome. Uh, my honorable mentions were my neighbor Totoro, Adam's Family, Crow, uh, Beetlejuice, Big, um, Defending Your Life. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I a great think- movie. Again, I think that's really cool when they're able to kind of just take something on like a low scale side and turn it into just like a different world or whatever the afterlife in this scenario yeah um the only other one i had that i think we haven't talked about even though i should mention the crow because i did love that movie and that was just like a generational thing for us i think um 
with Brandon Lee passing away, it there was so much um Yeah. There was a weird thing when that happened that everybody wondered if there was like this curse because of the weird circumstances with Bruce Lee's death and I really liked that movie Dragon that's about Bruce Lee's life story too, but um the crow was a moment in the nineties that the soundtrack everybody knew the costume his he almost seemed like the joker portrayed by heath ledger in my opinion yeah and he was creepy and you know kind of like happy in a in a creepy way yeah but there was something so i mean the crow say what you will about the movie it might not be that great of a movie but i feel like brandon lee like really ended up being kind of immortal because of that. And oh, it, yeah. it's kind of sad that in that kind of movie that's about what happens to your spirit after death and kind of a dark way in that movie, I feel like it's unfortunate that he also ended his life like yeah. making it. Um anyway, um I think the only other thing I had on here was um to die for. I haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it. Give me a it. second. Maybe I haven't. Haven't. I don't know. That's uh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman, yeah. And uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and I think uh, Matt and Dillon. They're all vampires. No. Um. Oh, that's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, if something is in someone's head. Like, recently I watched... Oh, man. American Psycho. What would you call American Psycho? A horror movie. This movie reminded me of Death Becomes Her, but I think that's going to be on my fa- my horror list, though. I would consider that more horror than fantasy. Um, I think that it depends... Like, I don't consider American Psycho to be a fantasy movie. Now, if somebody, like... Say, um, what's the movie with Kate Winslet and oh, man. the the lady, uh, Melanie Linsky? Cringe creatures. Oh something. yeah, beautiful creatures or something like that. It's Amazing okay. creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, like they they have like fantasy. They like enter a fantasy world, and then it turns out, you know, of course, they're it's all in their head. I, I see that this is labeled as fantasy, though. So. Yeah, American Psycho was 2000, and I didn't even, I hadn't even seen it until, like, this year. In this movie, Nicole Kidman is a, uh, like, a TV broadcaster on the news, but it's, like, a very small town, and she wants to be a celebrity, and she kind of becomes obsessed with, like, getting all the things that she wants, and she meets these two um young guys. She seduces them and basically gets them to kill her husband. Mm. And, um yeah, it's an interesting movie. I think it might be Gus Van Saint, I want to yes, say. Yes, it is. That's what it is. Um, I think that's probably why I l- watched it, because um I was a super big fan of Good Will Hunting, which is not fantasy at all. 
but I... I mean, how many boy geniuses from Southie have had, you know? <laughs> That's a fantasy. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but Gus Van Sant is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to watch this because I thought it was going to be interesting, and it sure enough was. So I, I think maybe we should revisit it. But, sure. Yeah, since you haven't. Sounds good to me. It. Okay, so top that's that's the top five sci-fi and fantasy for this period. I I think we did a good job. Let's all pat ourselves on the back. Uh, Aaron had to run away because uh, the police are after him. Or did he get sucked into a fantasy world? That's too late. The police already got him. But, uh, yeah, well, returning to regular programming next week. So if you are bored to death by these episodes, first of all, they're bonuses. Thank you for listening, anyways. <laughs> We're happy. We we've done one hundred and fifty. Yeah. Thank you for sticking around yeah. with us. Thanks for listening. And I hope that you will continue to enjoy the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. All right. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear. <laughs>